You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Atamaria, good morning. Welcome to our Easter Sunday service. It's so good to have you here with us this morning. And uh, we're going to have a great uh, time together as the t- I wait here just awkwardly as the team brings my stuff so I know what to say this morning. Welcome online, all those who are joining with us online this morning. Botnik, can we put our hands together one more time for the online campus? Thank you. Uh, welcome all the guests we've got hanging out with us here today as well. We pray you have an awesome morning with us. Uh, wherever you've come in from, whatever friends or family dragged you along uh, this Sunday morning, whoever said to you, if you come, I'll give you Easter eggs, welcome. It's so good to have you in church, and we look forward to seeing you later on in the rest of the service and things. And uh, it is Resurrection Sunday, so I thought it would be cool to take a few moments just to have a look at the empty tomb, because the empty tomb is quite pivotal in terms of the story, the narrative of the Easter story and the resurrection story. But there's a few things that are found at that empty tomb that I want to explore today because I think they're going to help you on your journey. I think they help us to understand God and the gospel and the heart of God in deeper measure. So if you want to go with me, we're going to go to the gospel of John chapter 20. And I'll just, uh, for the sake of time, I'll tell you the story. So in the Gospel of John chapter 20, we see Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb early in the morning while it's still a little bit dark, and she gets there and the stone is rolled away. And so she runs back to the disciples and she tells the disciples, and so Simon Peter, and one who's described as the one whom Jesus loved, that's John, the author of this Gospel, um, just, just to make sure everyone's aware, so Peter and the one whom Jesus loved run to the tomb, and the one whom Jesus loved outran Peter. (laughs) Just that detail needed to be in the gospel. I just think that's fantastic. And they get to the tomb, and then when they get to the tomb, they discover a few things, and I want to just pull out three things from that tomb that I want to share with you this morning. The first one is this. They find no one. They find no one. Have you ever showed up to something only to realize you're the only one there. Have you ever got your dates mixed up, your days mixed up, your time mixed up, maybe a doctor's appointment where you show up to the doctor and you sit there waiting and waiting and waiting only for the person at the counter to say, excuse me, why are you here? You're supposed to be here tomorrow. Uh, I am probably one of the most disorganized people you're ever going to meet, and praise God, he gave me a very organized wife. But uh, there have been numerous occasions in my life where I have showed up on the wrong day, at the wrong time, in the wrong location, in the wrong year, in the wrong whatever, and there is a very confused Stevie looking at this wherever I am, wondering why is no one else here. And the disciples get to the tomb and they literally discover no body. There's no body in that tomb. Like there was supposed to be the body of the Lord Jesus. He was crucified and he was laid in that tomb, but the body isn't there. And the body isn't there because something took place in that tomb. Something happened in the darkness of the tomb shone the light of the resurrection. Something took place in that tomb in an environment of darkness where there was once death, there is now life. And it reminds me today, and I want to remind you today, that often it's in the darkest place that God does His greatest miracles. It's in that dark place of death of a tomb that God does the greatest miracle, the miracle of the resurrection. 
And you need to understand that as we stand today in the light of the empty tomb, that sometimes at the place of the tomb, sometimes in the dark places, sometimes in the dark valleys, sometimes in those horrible seasons of your life, that God will actually do his greatest resurrection work in the midst of all that. When Mary eventually meets Jesus, he asks her a question. He says to her, why do you weep? And the truth is that the Christian life is not without weeping. The truth is our life is not without pain and mourning and suffering and hardship and going through the valley of the shadow of death, but the truth and the paradox of God is this, that at the cross, a a place of torture, it becomes a place of grace, and the tomb, a place of death, becomes a place of resurrection life. And friends, the heart of God for you and for me is that as we walk through the seasons and the, and the challenges and the different storms of life, is that we will discover God's miracle-working power in the darkness to bring light and resurrection to any and every situation that we might go through. And I don't know what season you're in right now. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what darkness you're walking through. And I know in a room full of this many people and people online, there's going to be many people who are in a dark place right now. I want to reassure you that God is the God of resurrection life, and in the dark places, He can work His greatest miracles. And not only will He bring new life to you, that new life will go to many. Just like the new life that came to Jesus wasn't just for Him, it assures me too of resurrection life. I get to partake in that now. And whatever you go through where God brings light in your darkness, you're going to shine a light in the same darkness for somebody else. They find no body, because God's got a resurrection life. The second thing they, th- they find in the tomb are these strips of linen cloth. Um, when the disciples get to the tomb, they find this material that has been used to wrap Jesus for burial, these strips of cloth. And these strips of cloth, they represent the old, they represent the dead, they represent what is um, an old nature, an old way. These were traditionally used to wrap a body for burial. And so when Jesus... Uh, is resurrected, these are left in the tomb. Because you've got to understand, when Jesus is resurrected, he no longer needs to wear the grave cloth. He's now robed in majesty. He's now robed in glory. He's now robed in righteousness. He no longer needs to wear the old grave clothes, the old manner of things, the old way of things. And it's interesting to me that in the tomb, there are two sets of linen cloth that are left in the tomb. The Bible mentions this. It's an interesting point that when you find something that is, seems like a bit of extra info in the Bible, look a little deeper. Because in the tomb, they find a pile of linen cloth that has just fallen to the ground in a pile. And then they find another lot that is folded and put away. Isn't that interesting? See, friend, when you receive the resurrection life that Jesus came to give you, some things will just fall off your life. Some of the old way, the old manner, the old nature, the old things you used to partake and be part of, and the old things that used to be who you are, the clothes you used to wear, some of those things will just drop off your life, and they almost like end up in a pile. That's why when you came to Jesus, stuff just started to change. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. There is this newness. That's the promise of resurrection life, that the old ways, some of them will just fall off your life. But then there's these other things that we have to be intentional about putting off. Some things we have to work on. Some things we have to take off and be particular in how we deal with them. Ephesians 4 says this, put off the old self. Okay, so I've got a new life, but now I've got to put off the old stuff. 
which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. It's interesting also that the pieces of cloth that were folded and put away were the bits of cloth from around Jesus' head. And often, friends, it's the things, the matters of the mind and the eyes and the thoughts that you're going to have to walk a journey of being way more intentional with how you deal with those things and how you put on the new self. Book of Romans tells us to be, we are transformed into new creations. God does that by transforming our minds. And I think the single greatest transformation that you and I can experience is not a change in our behavior, but a change in the way we think. Have you ever tried to fold a fitted sheet? Jeremy, you can help me here, buddy. Have you ever tried to fold a fitted sheet? If you've, if you've never learned how to do it, I'm going to show you today. Are you ready? So, so to fold a f- fitted sheet, um, it's, it's quite complicated, but you, you, you get your hands into the, into the corner. Hang on. You get, you get your hands into the corners, right? And, and then the, just watch step by step. Here it goes. Ready? Done. Done. Um, if, if you missed that, come back for the second services. I'm gonna, I'm gonna demonstrate that one more time. I'm not the best at putting things away. I'm not the best at folding things. I, there is gonna be some, I guarantee you, at the end of the service, there is gonna be someone come up to me and go, would you like me to show you? The answer is no. <laughs> My way works just fine. Here's what I do know though. When you do have something you need to put away, a piece of laundry or whatever, you first you've got to fold it. It's a bit of a process. So I deal with it a little bit. And, and, then, I, and then I deal with it a little bit more. And then, I, and then I deal with it a little bit more till it's now ready to be put away. And often with the things of our mind, it's the same, right? Oh, it's got to deal with it. Oh, there it is again. Oh, I've got to deal with it again. Oh, there it is again. I've got to deal with it again. Until we get to that point where we go, now I'm putting that away. That's now an old manner of things. Church, can I encourage you, this Easter Sunday, take off the old and put on the new in Jesus. He came to give you resurrection life. Yeah, come on. The other thing they find in the tomb is Jesus. Ben, you guys can come and join me. They find Jesus. They don't find him in the tomb. Have you ever um, been so flustered and so in a rush that you're looking for something only to discover that thing is right in front of you? How many of you have done this? Where are my keys? Has anyone seen my keys? What, which one of you kids moved the keys? Or to the husbands to their wife? Where did you put my keys? I left them on the table. Where did you put them? They don't live on the table. They do to me. Or have you been like using Google Maps on your phone only to freak out and go, where's my phone? Every time. Or you're playing music on it or something. Where's my phone? Sometimes like we can get so flustered and so in a panic that like our, our vision narrows 
and we just don't see what's right in front of us. My wife calls that having a man look. Apparently it's a real thing. Okay, so Mary's at the tomb. The others have gone back and she's crying. She's weeping. She's heartbroken. She doesn't understand. She's frustrated. She's worried. And then Jesus shows up and she doesn't even recognize him. She thinks he's the gardener. And she says, where, where is he? What have you done with him? Where have you put him? She doesn't recognize him. She's so zoned in to where she's at right now and what she can see in front of her. And she's so zoned in on her current situation and what she perceives in that moment and what's going on in her life that she doesn't even recognize that Jesus is right there in the garden with her. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in that place where maybe you're so broken and you're so lost and you're so hurt and you're so in pain that you just can't see God anymore? I know I have. Many times. I know I've been like in that garden before where, you know, for me, journeying through crippling anxiety and depression and in the midst of that, you're like, God, like, where are you? I don't know if you've ever been in a place in your journey where you've wondered where he went. And I know that life happens and it can blur your vision and it, ca- it can cause you to ask, God, where are you? Where's the one who promised so much? Where's the one who touched my life? Where's the one I trusted? Where's the one who set me free? Where has he gone? And, and I want to encourage you today if that's you in this room just like Mary he's right there in the garden he's right there next to you it's just that you can't quite see him yet and so Jesus gets Mary's attention and he does so by calling her name he says Mary and it's then she realizes oh it's the Lord and I wonder who in this room God is calling by name today. I wonder who in this room is so in a blur because of what's going on in your life that you're struggling to see him. And I want you to imagine even right now that the Lord is calling you by name. And he's reminding you today that even though you struggle right now to see him, he's still present right there with you in the garden. The garden of your life. The one who promised so much will never leave you nor forsake you. And I wonder who in this room he's calling by name for maybe the very first time. I wonder who in this room he's calling by name to come back to him this Easter Sunday. Friends, God loves you. God made you. He's got a wonderful plan for your life. We all mess up. We all fall short of his glory. All fall short of his standard. But that's what Easter's all about. It's about us not being able to pay the debt, but God himself stepping in and doing what we couldn't do. And he died on that cross and he paid the debt of our sin. Then he conquered death in the grave. You know what he did? He conquered the ultimate end of sin. What is the end of sin? Sin equals death. Sin leads to death. So when he died, he conquered, he, he paid the debt of sin. And then we rose again. He defeated the ultimate end of sin, which is death itself. 
So now death, where is your sting? And he extends to all of us here today grace, forgiveness for all our wrongs, a brand new life that begins right here, right now. Plans and purposes for your life and eternity with him in heaven. And I'd love to pray for you today. If you're here today and you're not right with God, maybe God is calling you by name. Can I invite everyone in this room just to bow their heads and close their eyes just for a moment? Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Steve, I'm far from God. But you're here today and you know that God is calling you. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow him. Or maybe you have before, but you'd be honest and say, man, Steve, my life is far from God today. But God is calling you back to him. I'd love to invite you to pray a very simple prayer with me. It's a prayer of surrender. Surrendering your life into the hands of God, trusting him to forgive you your sin, receiving his gift of grace, and trusting him with your life, following after him. That's you here today. I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. I'll pray it out loud. You just pray it with me in your heart. But when you pray it, I want you to mean it with everything you've got. Are you ready? Just repeat in your heart after me. Say these words. Say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned and I've messed up, but I believe, Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old way and I turn to you. I ask you to come in and be the Lord of my life. Take control. I choose from this day to follow after you and to live for you. Would you make me brand new today in Jesus' name? Just with your eyes still closed and every head still bowed, if you prayed that prayer today, well done. Congratulations. So proud of you. God loves you. And I'd love to invite you to do one more little thing for me. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to take a little step of faith. I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, if you prayed that prayer either for the very first time or you're getting your life right with God today, I want you to be really brave right where you are. I want you to put your hand up nice and high so I can see it. I'm not doing that to embarrass you or stand you up. All I'm going to do is acknowledge you. I'll see you, and you can put your hand straight back down. It's a step of faith. Online, there's a button coming up that says, I raise my hand. That's all I'm asking you to do. Put a little bit of action to the decision you made. Are you ready? On the count of three, be bold, be brave. One, two, three. Three, hands going up nice and high right now. Awesome, thank you, 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 sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to my right. Thank you, right over to my left at the back on the top. Thank you so much. Yep, right down the back there. Yes, sir, I see you too. Thank you, sir. Awesome, awesome. Right down the back to my left, I got you. Yep, right up top, I see you as well. I see you too, man. God bless you. Well, God, we thank you so much. Yeah, we see you guys online as well. Two of you online, congrats. Well done. Three online. Amen. God, I thank you for what you're doing here today. Thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit in this place. Thank you that you're drawing people back to you. And God, I pray you bless those who've just made that decision. But more than that, oh God, I pray for each of us that we would know your full, free, and abundant life that you came to give us. God, I pray for anyone in this room today that's walking through a dark season. Lord, may they know that in that place, they can still experience your resurrection life. Father, I pray for all of us, if we're walking still with the old, Lord, that we take off the old and put on the new in Jesus. And Lord, that we would know no matter what is going on, you are right there with us. We bless all who've just made that decision and we celebrate with all heaven today in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. Can we put our hands together for those people? It's so cool. Thanks, Bex. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. 
For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.